0: I, V, M. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. I'm Monish. As always joined by Nishan. Another fun day in the NBA, Russell Westbrook getting another triple double. Lebron flexing his muzzle, showing Lamelo Ball who's the real OG. <laughs> uh but uh, that actually gives me an opportunity to talk about the MVP race because whenever you say Lebron, you gotta think about the MVP race. MB was the front runner here. Yeah. And suddenly he got injured. The only thing that could stop MB' was Embiid himself, and that actually happened. We'll talk all about the MVP race in today's episode. So, we went into the All-Star break with the Philadelphia 76ers flying high. Mm-hmm. Embiid, clearly the front runner for MVP, I think he had just pushed away Lebron and Giannis and Harden and everyone to the second level. And he was in another level altogether. And then he came back. He missed the All-Star game due to different reasons. He came back and then he injured his ankle. Now, the All-Star Race is open, the Eastern Conference is open, Philadelphia Seventy Sixes are no longer the runaway favourites, Brooklyn yeah. have caught up to them, Milwaukee are catching up quick as well, and it's it's like we predicted, it's nothing straightforward in the NBA, the second half of the season is where all the action is, and it's already showing its true colours, isn't it?
1: Actually, NBA didn't start off as, if anything… Um... Giannis actually started off right up there, and Luca was the odds-on favorite, right? Yeah. Like before the league began, Luca was the bookies' favorite, and Yanis was up there. So was LeBron. And then, as it happens, first few days, now everyone's an MVP contender. Like somebody's saying it's Steph, someone says it's it's Dame, uh, although Dame doesn't get mentioned as much as he should. Um, and and then the, the, you have the basically the usuals, which is your Lebrons and all of that. Uh, Embiid and Philadelphia. Every time they have a stretch of good games. Embiid's immediately an MVP contender, Simmons is immediately a DPOY contender, and Philly are our favourites to come out of the East. Happens every year. Happens every single year. We've fallen for it a bunch of times too, at least at a team level. And then, also, as happens every year, one of these guys or both picks up some injury or the other. It's always a knee or a back or a calf. or uh, it, It's one thing or the other, and then boom, down goes the season. Which is why... Whenever we make any kind of projections, we always mention, this is assuming no major injuries. But with Philly, it, it's almost like either it goes without saying or we have to say it three times to reinforce the point. And, and so here we have it, Philly are no longer the runaway favourites, MB is no longer the out and out favourite, though he's still right up there to be an MVP. Why? Because he picked up an injury and, and we don't know which way it's going to turn. People initially feared this is bad, Scans came back, said it's not that horrible but they're going to arrest him anyway. And a lot of people were hoping for him to be the first big. I think since Shaq, right? Shaq would have been the last big man yeah. to to win an MVP because Duncan won it before him, and that was that. And it's been it's been guards and wings ever since. Embiid, it's probably fitting that Embiid gets it, and and mm-hmm. also I want I want to add it's disrespectful to Giannis not to consider him a big man. I know he plays a, a kind of fluid position, but that six eleven pushing seven feet. Um, he should be a big man, but somehow him and Kevin Durant always get left out for one reason or the other. Giannis's game also is, is like a lot like big men. Scores largely in the paint. Can't shoot jumpers to save his life. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, back to the point.
0: Average is 28% from three. Yeah, put uh, that uh, in the there. free throw <laughs> line.
1: Like, that's a Shaq tribute, right? Uh, the, also, the three-point and the free throw line. Look, I think, I, I definitely think Embiid's lost a lot of ground. For sure. Uh, just as I thought LeBron lost a bit of ground... Uh, where, where they hit a rough patch and where ad was out and and you had the naysayers saying doesn't this prove ad's value like last season we were, we were trying to tell you that on on the stat sheet ad is probably better than lebron in the regular season yep. last season and and therefore they are where they are and that's why lebron doesn't get all of that credit so back came the naysayers AD's out team sucks um, all-star break happened lebron comes out says it's go time and he's been ripping the league apart ever since um yep. And, you know, LaMelo Ball made some casual statement. That's when it became personal with him. <laughs> and then whatever happened, happened. I think for me, the front runner, though, and this is going to be a little out there, um, it's not LeBron. It's not Dame Lillard. Like, if I had to vote, uh, if I had to, say, uh, project now and and, mm-hmm. and say this guy is going to be in prime position to win, I'd actually say it's James Harden. Because with, uh, with Joel Embiid, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, when, yep. when he's fit and he's playing, okay. But then he's not that a lot of times. So so I don't know which way that's going to go. Jokic, uh, I I don't think the league standings are quite going to support him. They're, they're playing well. They're on the come up. But they're going to be at best water, top four, top five team. I, I don't yep. think anyone expects them to be higher than that. So that's a problem. Dame Lillard, it remains to be seen. He's, he's on the rise and it's close. I, I actually think he gets a lot of disrespect here. He should be at least a top three contender right now. Um, but why I say James Harden is because it is ridiculous what he's doing right now. It was ridiculous what he was doing earlier with the strip clubs, but this is another level. <laughs> um, so get this. You have a guy who led the league or was right up there in usage rate for the last four, five, six, seven seasons. The whole and soul scorer whenever he feels like it on a Houston Rockets team where the entire org was built around him. And don't like a head coach, he's out. Don't like a superstar or co-star, he's out. Trades whenever you want, whatever package you want, go to strip clubs when you want, skip trainings when you want. He goes from that to humbling himself down in Brooklyn where no doubt he arrived as a superstar, but there are two others.
0: Right?
1: And he completely changes his game. And which, to his credit, he's always done whatever the teams needed, right? And more often than not, the team needed him to be him to win. And so he, he appeared selfish, but that's probably where I draw the line between him and Westbrook, right? So he does what the Brooklyn Nets need him to do, which is primarily be the ball handler. Make plays happen. Use the one-guard side of his game. Mm-hmm. And when the going gets tough and you need to pop off, pop off. You James Harden. You can you can score whenever. He's balanced that beautifully and then he's given them rebounds on top, which is a department where they're woefully bad and they need as much help as they can get. Dude gives them triple doubles for fun. Um, runs, runs, literally, the best offense in the league, perhaps of all time in this short span of time. To make that adjustment and still be this good, all world. Is astounding with, with almost zero ramp up time. Like he's been doing this from day one in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. That's MVP caliber for me.
0: Absolutely. I think so. James Harden has transformed his game to a, such an extent that we did not see this coming. He was the outsider in Brooklyn when he came in, right? Yeah. KD and Kyrie were already there. They were winning games as well. Mm-hmm. And now KD doesn't play for a few weeks. Kyrie's been missing games regularly. And James yeah. Harden is the sole creator in the team, the sole winner. It seems that he can. Take this Brooklyn team even without KD and Kyrie, and actually put them up there and yeah. be the. Friend of yeah, the winning man. Yeah. Yeah, the last 15 games he's averaged a triple double, and they won 14 in that span. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to discount him. I know the narrative doesn't speak well for him. How yeah. the season started about him missing practice, not turning up at Houston, then literally forcing a trade and that whole press conference where he yeah. had, where kind of disrespectful for Houston. But I think he just showed that once he turns up on court, he will make everyone forget whatever the past was and then he's a real MVP player hey but uh, we're talking about big men we got to mm-hmm. talk about Nikola Jokic, and he yeah. kind of seems forgot just because the Denver Nuggets started off very slowly but they're on the up they're on the up uh, they're fifth place just a few games behind the yeah. Clippers actually and mm-hmm. Clippers are on a downslide themselves oh, yeah. Oof. So, before you know it, the Nuggets might be sitting in 4th place and then that makes Nikola Jokic a prime contender as well because he's averaged, you're talking about James Harden averaging triple-double in the last 15 games Yeah, yeah. Nikola Jokic is averaging a triple-double since the start of the season and right. uh, I think he's been very under the radar I know he's come up in a few discussions here and there but very under the radar when you talk about MVP just because the Nuggets form has been up and down but uh, I think he deserves a shout-out
1: no, no doubt. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes top three, top five even. Uh, sorry, top five, but top three even. I think the, the it's gonna be a tough sell in a league where you've got to be Giannis, all world sensational to be a non-American winning the MVP. It just seems like it that like they're not. We don't have too many shining examples of non-Americans that have got their due. Uh, Dirk should have got a, a lot more credit than than he did eventually, and Steve Nash is. If he weren't Canadian, which is borderline American, I I don't think he he would have picked up those two. So I I think it's tough because a lot of this is driven by sentiment. A lot of this is driven by narrative. So if his team is not top two, Mm -hmm. ideally you should have topped your conference at least to be seriously considered for for MVP. And you've got to be astounding to have not... Like Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double for a season. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, you didn't top your conference, but this is sensational. We give it to you. But it's been done, it's been done twice, thrice in a row now, in, in recent past by Westbrook. So then people are going to say, where do you draw the line between these stats and actually translating that to to league standing? So if you're not at least a top two team, uh, mm-hmm. this isn't new for us, right? Like the first between the legs dunk at a dunk contest blew everyone's minds. Now every kid in high school does it and, and it's not really that impressive, right? It, it's That's always how it goes. Uh, X Games. the first. Motocross backflip that anyone ever did at Moto X was a big deal. Now the backflip is like a warm-up stunt now at, at the X Games. So uh, that kind of dilutes Jokic's impact, and I don't think they're going to be a top-two team this season. I just don't see it happening. No way. Not not in that conference, at least. So great year for Jokic, but maybe surrounded by a not too great team, which is also probably something I can apply to to look Doncic. I know he had a slump in between, but. Uh, posing has is, posing is, hasn't been himself, so Luca's pretty much doing it alone. And there's something about the Clippers that just sparks a fire in him because he he lights their ass up every time they play. I don't know what it is about the Clippers. Maybe they don't like him. He doesn't like them back. I don't know what it is, but man, he just pops off every time he plays the Clippers. Same same problem. League standing is an issue. James Harden is going to top the league, maybe without KD for for long stretches of time because I don't think they're going to be adventurous with that injury. Uh, not when he's coming off uh, a one-year hiatus. So to deliver that, that eclectic blend of randoms and no defense uh, mm-hmm. to a conference ty- uh, conference-leading conference finish in the league, while completely adapting his game to whatever his team needs and putting up the ridiculous stats that James Harden is putting up, you've covered everything. Like You've checked off all of the boxes. New team, new coach, new system, no ramp-up time. You didn't come there uh, pre-season. You come in, change your game entirely. So you're a team-first player. And he really has been team-first, even with those stats. That's what separates him from Westbrook. Team-first player, no ramp-up time. And you've delivered a number one standing, which I think that is where they'll finish. There's really really no arguing against that. Whatever Lillard does, Jokic does, etc. Unless they come at least top two and have phenomenal numbers to show for it just don't see a hardened being beaten
0: here. I kind of have to agree with that, but I think Dame Lillard also is someone uh, who has a very weak team around him and with the injuries yep. to McCullum and Nurkic that made it even more weaker hmm. and he's been averaging 30 points per game. Uh, look at the stat, trailblazers are 16 and 1 when the game have been decided by 1 or 2 points and that's yeah. all Dame Same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's shooting in clutch time, which is the last 5 minutes where the point difference is less than 5 points. In clutch time, he's shooting at 60% and 53% from three. Yeah. And he did it again against the Pelicans the other day where they were trailing by 17 with six minutes to go. And he himself went on a a 15-point run and then Pelicans lost another game after leading by 15 He
1: leads the league for the last eight years in clutch time scoring, Dame Lillard.
0: So it is something. And to see that the Portland Trailblazers are really hanging in that fifth, sixth spot in the Western Conference, I think he deserves a lot more credit than he actually gets because... If you're talking about Jokic not finishing in the top two yeah. or top three, I think Portland Trailblazers finishing in the top six actually warrants for something because he didn't have a team. He's pretty much by himself. No, now, I
1: agree. Would, uh, but, yeah, you're but.
0: Yeah, so my question is, would Jokic or the Denver Nuggets finish in that spot if, say, Jamal Murray or uh, MPJ missed a few games? Would Jokic alone be able to put Denver in that spot? I don't think so. But right. can he put Portland in that spot? Yeah. He's doing it.
1: Hmm. Agreed all fair and I agree Dame Lillard is criminally underrated but I, I guess we're taking different approaches here um, I think your argument is giving weightage to difficulty level and situation and context and all of that who deserves it versus I think where I'm coming from is all that's fine but what has happened over the years regardless of uh, like statistical weightages and merit and uh, taking, a, taking into Account all of these different factors and intangibles. Uh, I think what has happened over the years is these guys do get underrated every time. Bradley Beal can put up the league's best numbers, oh, yeah. the best numbers we've ever seen. He's not even going to be like we. I've taken his name just to make a point. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in this episode, right? So these guys, unless. I think the the first filter that's usually applied in the MVP conversation, unless somebody's done something sensational, like you have a wilt 50 points per game, 25 rebounds per game season. Yeah, okay. You can miss the playoffs and you'll still get MVP. But uh, I I think the biggest filter is, I don't even think it's winning the league. It's, uh, or even make, or even doing something in the playoffs. It's just, have you led your team to a, uh, conference best finish or at least second best in your conference if it's a tough conference if you've done that you've qualified the team first criteria right usually this is how it goes and i am kind of reverse engineering the criteria from outcomes but usually that's how it goes second filter is individually what what is it that you've done and and there sometimes it's diluted by having other superstars around you but but not always we have seen plenty of super teams get like lebron won it in miami regardless of the help he got So that becomes your second criteria. And the third criteria, if if there's a close tie, then it's just a sentiment and it's preference. Like somebody prefers stats, somebody prefers uh, doing it in a tougher situation or with less support, etc. Then it just comes down to sentiment. So I think players like Lillard will get filtered out by that first criteria, which is Mm -hmm. where has your team finished? Usually you don't get rewarded unless you've done something that we've not seen in like two decades in the league. Uh, neither Lillard nor Jokic, as well as their playing, have done something that we've not seen in two decades in the league. Somebody or the other's done it. Like Westbrook's done it, Kobe's done it, one thing or the other. You've, you have precedent. So that's what makes James Harden's case strong. And we've not mentioned the biggest name yet, uh, which is the king, which is the big man, the defending yes, champ, I the was, reigning finals MVP. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was
0: going there. what's yeah. your take so, on him? Yes, so while you say that James Harden deserves it and will win it because of sentiment vote, I think a lot of the votes will get split between James Harden, Jokic, yeah, even. But the LeBron backers, they're going to be voting for LeBron, no doubt. He's going to finish in the top two, maybe top three in the Western Conference. And then he has a sentiment factor. And then he also has the weightage where you say he did it all by himself because he is missing yeah. probably games until the playoffs, more games until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So... He's going to have all of that in his favour. He'll have one loyal fan base voting for him every single time. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what's going to turn out, because although I think James Harden deserves it better, Jokic deserves it better, Dame Lillard deserves it better, there's going to be a split of votes, but LeBron's votes are not going to get split. split. Yeah. And that's the reason why also Yanis is not going to win hmm. the MVP, although he has probably better numbers than LeBron at this point in time, but he's a better defender than LeBron at this point in time. Hmm. But he, nobody's going to vote for him a third time. So, right. unfortunately, he's not going to get votes. But I think that's why LeBron is going to
1: win the MVP. So, when the season started and we said vote of fatigue will cost Giannis the third consecutive MVP, I think that's fair. Uh, but I think it's also fair that right now he's not a top two, top three candidate right now. And even if he becomes that, then yes, the voter fatigue might pitch in. Actually, I think the voter fatigue will come in for, for LeBron also. Because the, the bar has been set so high for him. That there's a level that you've got to reach as a player to be a legit contender for MVP, for any player. And then there's LeBron's bar that he has to clear to be considered an MVP. He's won it four times. Like We've seen him do everything. Point guard, lead the league in assists, um, lead the finals in every stat category that's tracked at an individual level. We've seen him do it all. So I think inherently the bar is just set so high for him in people's minds that it's going to be very, very tough for him to clear it. Uh, now you mentioned Lakers are likely to finish second or third if not first right if it's not first it, like LeBron's out of the conversation it, it's that okay. ruthless with him I, I'm not saying he should be I'm saying I think that's mm-hmm. what will happen like if Lakers don't win the conference out uh, that, that like he'll lose a bunch of votes there now if if AD can come back at some point or LeBron continues to play like he's playing cause he's playing like he's possessed right now if he continues to play at that level um Forget the MVP. They will top the conference because their defense is still so good without Caruso, yeah. without AD, without Kuzma. They're still putting up pretty spectacular defensive performances. All of these yeah. guys will start coming back at some point, right? So I won't put it past them to to uh, maintain a level of consistency where and they're still probably a, a trade away from uh, closing out that that end of the activity. If they top the league, LeBron plays like this. It's MVP regardless of what anyone does. But and if that doesn't bad. happen, psh, tough, yeah. tough, and okay. that's all. Yeah,
0: it, it won't be a surprise to see the Lakers topping the league. The Utah Jazz are in a bit of a free fall, bit of a free fall themselves. Yeah, yeah. They lost five of the last eight after losing five in the first half of the season. Uh, Phoenix Suns lost yesterday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. How can you lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves is inexplicable. But yeah. I'll keep that conversation for another day. And Lakers have been winning, so I think I think Lakers are on way back to the top. And LeBron's narrative is just going to get stronger. Mm-hmm. also the fact that he's competing with Michael Jordan he hasn't won an MVP in like 5-6 yeah. years now all of the narrators will add up and I think LeBron is going to get a lot of the popular vote.
1: let's see it'll be an interesting fight I, th- I think it's between him and Harden let's see where it goes
0: yeah well that's all for today I think that was a nice uh, discussion to end the week and I'll see you after the weekend sounds good cheers man bye bye